Friday and you're listening to TGIF, the podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favourite or not-so-favourite horror movies. I'm your host, Kat, and this week I am joined by Erica. Hello and welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. I uh, just was a surprise invited to Sundance Film Festival uh, yesterday during the second day of programming, so that was fun. (laughs) Is that, um, does it continue, did it continue today? Yeah, yeah, it's through, I think, either Monday or Tuesday. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I didn't look. <laughs> I, know it, <laughs> I know it goes through Sunday. I just, like, I I don't think of my weeks, like, ahead of time. And my, like, <laughs> I like to start my week on a Monday, because then I have the weekend, like, all together. Um, like, on my I calendar and mine. stuff. Yeah. So. I block it out. Yeah, I have no, no idea no. what's going on. I don't know what's going on like Monday through next Monday <laughs> at all. No clue, no clue. Hi, this is how I am if you don't know me. This is just how I am on Twitter, in real life, everywhere. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, my handle is uh, Pierogi Witch. That's uh, P-I-E-R-O-G-I Witch. And what? what is a pierogi? Because we don't have that here. It's it's a Polish food. It's a Polish dumpling with like potatoes oh, okay. inside. Yeah, I feel like I knew that. They're really good. Yeah, and yeah. Because my um, Polish. <laughs> yeah. my family oh. are Austrian, and so oh, nice. we have dumplings as well. But yeah. our own like bread, it's bread. Yeah, and it's That's so good fun. in goulash. Mm. Oh, I love goulash. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, Yeah, so I am a freelance uh, writer, film critic, whatever you want to call it. I write mostly about like horror um, in general, but I like I also have written about, you know, stuff like like some Criterion films, Coyote Ugly. I love that movie. It's it's a fun time in my brain. (laughs) It's a good time. It's always a party. Did you write about the film as an opinion piece or was it a review piece? No, it was a feature um, arguing the case for comfort films. Ah. And they're like validity in the film canon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely put Coyote Ugly up as something that I can enjoy shamelessly. Exactly. Exactly. It's not a film that you're going to, you know, say is the best movie in the world, though that's debatable. (laughs) But no, that title goes to Josie and the Pussycats, hands down. (gasps) I tried Uh, to get my nieces to watch that and they were like, what is this movie? And I was like, okay, maybe you're not old enough to appreciate it yet. So I'm going to give it a couple of years and then make them watch it again. There you go. Yeah, because there's no way. There's no No. way like it. (laughs) The eldest was five at the time and she was like, I don't get it. So, oh, yeah, I would wait I till maybe like, it came out. yeah, I would wait till like eight to ten ish. Yeah, I definitely. That's like the solid space for it. She'll get it. The four year old likes horror movies, so I don't know what to do with her. <laughs> that's so cute. Um, there's like a bunch of horror that's great for kids, like uh, Gremlins, The Burbs, um, Little Monsters, Fright Night, I would even do. I mean, Fright yeah, Night's a little, be, right? a little for a four-year-old. I don't know, but... um, She's um yeah. very resilient. Okay. I, 
I put Coraline on for them and the seven-year-old freaked out and then the six-year-old was like, yeah, I guess it was all right. That's so... I love Coraline. That's a good movie. I'm That's sorry, a good it was all right. Right? I was like, were you scared? And she's like, not really. <laughs> I was thinking about showing her the Slumber Party Massacre, but... That's that's a bit much, um, you know. He he kills people with a power drill, so uh, I don't think she'd mind. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that actually might be fun. Do the second one because there's so many musical numbers in it. Because yeah. so like that would really get a kid's attention. I think I think she'd really I enjoy that because she does like music. So. Okay, all right. Uh, she loves Ozzy Osbourne. Um, oh. when she grows up, she wants to dance on stage with him and be a rock star. And I was like, sweetheart, I think you might be dead by then, but <laughs> maybe yeah, I don't think he's going to last that long. <laughs> I mean, he's like a billion years old already. <laughs> I know. Like when he had that show on MTV or whatever, like uh, even then you were like, he might like... die before this show's over. <laughs> and that was like maybe 15 years ago. So he's still kicking. <laughs> Ow. I'm convinced it's the bad eating. I'm convinced. <laughs> I, I'm convinced it's all the drugs through the 70s and 80s. That too, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Although um, I would probably show her Halloween and Halloween too. I don't think she'd oh, be Oh yeah. All of, I, I would go for like all of the like classic flashers would be good for a kid. Like, you know, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. I would even do yeah. Scream. Scream would be really fun yeah. because it's, it's funny. It's yeah, I think funny... she get the humor in it too. Yeah, so like people are probably going to be listening to this. Like, why the fuck would you show a four year old that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? Why are you recommending a child slumber party massacre? <laughs> My niece, if you are a new listener, is um, on the autism spectrum, and her brain thinks very differently to a lot of children her age. She is able to separate the real from the fantastical so that's why i watch horror with her because it she honestly has never said anything about being scared um she asks to watch horror movies so i'm not gonna say no that's so precious yeah encourage your interests especially in horror especially yeah her special interest is films so um she Loves Ghostbusters, both of them. Um, her and I are going to go see the new one when it comes out. Um, for an entire week, when she first watched the the all-female cast of Ghostbusters, we had to call her Holtzman for a whole week. So that was fun. I love that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she loves Ghostbusters. She loves, um, what else does she watch a lot of? Oh, God, just Ghostbusters. Really. Okay. All right. Um, I would yeah, also... fantastic. I would also introduce her to um, the, I think it was like 90s TV show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? I think it might have also been uh, 80s, yeah. 80s, 90s. I don't know. I remember it as a kid. Yeah. 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 I think I, like I that would. Would... Goosebumps. Goosebumps movies with yeah. Jack Black. I think she'd like that. Yeah. Those were fun. I um, I grew up reading the books and recently purchased a lot of like 20 of them on eBay. <laughs> I thought about getting them um, for the eldest because she can read. Uh, She's not seven, so she's six. And, like, her reading level is uh, quite ahead of her classmates. So she's on to chapter books already. And I was just like, how old was I when I started reading Goosebumps? Like, I don't – I think I might have been seven or eight. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Maybe I'll Same. Yeah, they're fun and they're cheap on eBay. Like real. Oh, they're cheap in our bookstores here. Like they've been reprinting them here. Oh yeah. A lot of them, and I think they're like eight bucks a book or something. That's great. I think I got oh these for God. like a dollar or two a pop. I oh think I, I actually may have paid like eighteen dollars for the whole thing, including shipping. That's so good. Okay. People are just getting rid of them. I guess they're like doing like cleaning during COVID. So, and like their their child has left over all of their Goosebumps books. So they're like, all right, I'm going to put this on eBay and make a quick dollar because I lost my job to COVID. So why not? Oh, I'd be buying up all of people's books and Goosebumps. Right? I love, oh yeah, I loved Goosebumps. But we're not going to be talking about Goosebumps. No. We're talking <laughs> about Halloween 2. Um, which, and I said to you today, like, I am not incredibly knowledgeable of the Halloween series. I've seen the original, I've seen Halloween 2, and I've seen the 2018 release of Halloween. And that is it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, you, you, yeah, they're important, I guess. Oh, I just, I have, I have a, I'm not going to talk about it right now, but I have a thing about four and five. I just can't do them. <laughs> I'm going to watch them all. I recently just watched all of A Nightmare on Elm Street. So I've watched all of the films. I haven't watched the remake because I don't want to know about the creepy pedophile story that they put into it. Um, I don't, that stuff. Well, no, that's, well, he didn't, he, in like the original, he didn't like, I don't think they specified that he like, did that but he did kill children yeah he killed kids yeah, yeah. they so didn't see him being a molester and i was just like that i don't need nah I'll <laughs> oh i've heard really good things about it so oh, i've watched it i have i just like rewatch it <laughs> oh, yeah i haven't watched the remake i missed a lot of films in the last like i'd say like from oh seven to like 2012 I missed a lot of films oh, wow. because I was, was like films in that period too yeah um and like I, I saw a couple you know like here and there but I was mostly just like so busy with schoolwork and extracurriculars yeah. that it kind of just like didn't have time to go to the theater you know yeah totally fair I rarely went and saw horror movies at the cinemas because I just don't like being in a position where I can't leave or pause a movie if I need to. So the last film I saw at the cinemas that's a horror movie would have been the Amityville Horror, which came out in like 2009. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's a while. Yeah, I will definitely, I think I've seen others, but that's the one I really remember. I really wanted to see Wrong Turn at the cinemas, but they're not bringing it to cinemas here. Um, So we won't get to see that. Or maybe, I don't know. Because I think it's going straight to DVD for some reason. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, um, yeah, I've not heard good things, but. And one of my best friends, she's like, Wrong Turn was like the movie that made me stop watching horror movies. She's (laughs) like, it fucked me up so bad that I just couldn't watch horror movies anymore. I was like, what? But it's been a while since I've seen the first Wrong Turn. Because I think we would have been like 13 or 14 when that film came out. Mm-hmm. from what I remember yeah yeah but I'm curious to see what they do with that and I'll probably I'll definitely be going to see like Scream and Candyman and yeah Spiral if it comes to the cinemas here 
if it um, comes out at all. I haven't heard any like rumors. <laughs> it's just like 2021, maybe? <laughs> Possibly. Maybe 2025. I don't know. No. <laughs> I can't wait to see I mean, that. It's been I'm like really three years for uh, same mod. <laughs> oh, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. So I'm just going to buy it on DVD and see if I can play it here somehow. I mean, I, I think there's a way, maybe I shouldn't say this on the record, but there's a way to see films not in your region on a Blu-ray player. <laughs> I'll talk about this later. I feel like I want the Blu-ray. I've seen the cover of it and I was like, I really like that. Yeah. But I don't know if the UK is in region four. I think I can get DVDs from the UK and it'll play on my PlayStation here. That makes sense. Yeah. I can buy video games from the UK and play it on my PlayStation here. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that could be a thing. Oh, absolutely. Let's get into the film. So Halloween 2 uh, was released in 1981. It's an American slasher film directed by Rick Rosenthal. And this is his first film. So it was his directorial debut. Um, obviously written and produced by the one and only John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, who I think is John Carpenter's wife, isn't it? No. Um, they used to date um, oh, a little longer. Yeah. They dated, like, yeah. yeah, a long time ago. Because I know that his wife um, actually writes music yes. for horror movies, from what yeah. I know, which I thought was really cool. I just can't remember her name. Um, <laughs> that's why I was like, is that his wife? I don't know. Um, so... Yeah, I really, um, I don't know where I'm up to because I just went on something that wasn't a part of what I wrote down. So we just, <laughs> we just got to the writers. <laughs> That's where yeah. we're at still. And my brain's just like, all right, what am I doing now? Also, um, um, fun fact about Rick Rosenthal. He also yes. went on to direct Halloween Resurrection, which is a lot of fun, primarily because it features Buster Rhymes. Oh, okay. Now I need to watch it. I've got yes. to watch Season of the Witch and Resurrection. Yes. Maybe that could be my tasks for today. <laughs> um, what I really love about this film is that the opening scene is directly the event straight after the first film, which is really cool. I've rarely seen this in um, any film or any film trilogy series franchise that we go from one straight through into the other. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, well, it was originally intended as just those two films and then stop and move on with the anthology, which is why Michael's not in the third film, but obviously that didn't do well critically or financially. And so, you know. Do they just set that as back like, uh... with Michael <laughs> seven years later? <laughs> seven whole years. Yeah. So with Season of the Witch, do they just hold that as like a separate part and not canon for the film? Obviously. Because yeah, it's, yeah, it's completely unrelated. Yeah. But it's phenomenal, so. Yeah, everyone says it's so good, and I was like, all right, I'll watch it. Because I recently had um, uh, Mel from Horror Geek Life on the show, and she was talking about, we were talking about Friday 13th Part 3, which I absolutely love. Yeah. And then that afternoon, I went and watched Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> and I was like, what is this movie? <laughs> and I'm going to put it out there. I fucking loved it. I thought it was I thought it was so great. It was great. I Beautiful. love a lot of like 
movies that people hate, including Halloween too. Um, which is why we're here. <laughs> but like, I literally like the other month bought the entire franchise of Leprechaun. <laughs> that since i was a kid it terrified me all eight films were in one blu-ray case for like 15 bucks on amazon <laughs> that is nuts wow that's how you gotta have that <laughs> you're probably the only person in the entire world who's purchased that <laughs> the owner's probably like what this of all things that I have on my Amazon store, this. <laughs> yeah, I swear. I think I watched Leprechauns when I was like seven or eight. Yeah. Same. That movie's terrifying. Maybe that you can show to your niece. Those would <laughs> be, be interesting. Show her no, the really I... shitty ones. <laughs> they're funny, at least. Show In the hood it. and back to the hood and uh, in space. Yeah. And... <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. I'd love to show her Freddy vs. Jason because oh I love that movie probably more than anyone on the face of the earth. <laughs> I think that would do well. I think you could do that. I love it so much. Probably she can handle it. Slumber Party Massacre. <laughs> I'm just going to do a test run with her and be like, alright, so what do you think of this one? She'll probably just be like, ah, uh, it's alright. Oh. Nothing is good enough for them anymore. So back to the opening scene. We see Laurie sending away the two children that she is babysitting um, uh, because the home has been, like Michael Myers has busted into the home and um, she's attacked but then rescued when Dr. Loomis shows up, who I can't stand in the first or the second one regardless Okay, so my Lewis just has some really great lines. And my favorite of his is from Halloween 2018. And he's like, (laughs) you're safe. He's like, don't worry about... I forget what the beginning of the line is, but like, he's like, lock your doors. I think it's lock your doors. I'm a a doctor. (laughs) Lock your doors. I'm a doctor. What is that line? <laughs> Why am I locking my doors? Because you're... T- what? Okay. All right. I missed that. A doctor with a gun. <laughs> well, a doctor of guns. I'm locking doors. He has a, he, he has a doctor in arson. <laughs> He's like He has some really great lines, but I just really don't like his character i don't know what it is. i just am like eh, i don't like you you're weird you're suspicious yeah, yeah i can see that i can see that yeah. my oh favorite my is probably Sorry, my killed in 2018. i like that bit yeah spoiler alert everyone yeah, has seen 2018. <laughs> he did um so he shoots him and i love that he runs out of the the fucking house and he's like i shot him six times i shot him six times and the neighbor's like what the what's going on and i love how he's like is this some kind of joke i've been trick-or-treated to death tonight but i love this this because dr loomis looks at him and he's like you don't know what death is well and so (laughs) i have that written down in one of my notes um for the for the TV cut 
they omitted that line and let me I forget the oh, really? exact line it was. It's so stupid. It's literally just so so, so dumb. Where is it? My notes are organized and I don't know where this is. <laughs> I literally organized these. Oh, it's probably at the bottom. Okay. Oh, here it is. Okay. So the the new awkward voiceover is uh, a neighbor saying, is this a Halloween prank? And it literally sounds like it's not in the film at all. Like, yeah, that's so weird. But we'll discuss the the TV cut later. (laughs) Because I did see that somewhere about the TV cut. Yeah. Um, And then straight after this, we have the opening credits, which are really cool because it's very similar to Halloween, the original, where we see... um, a jack-o'-lantern um, slowly start to become a human skull, which is, I just thought was really cool. Yeah, that's very seventies vibe, like late seventies vibe for me. I loved it. Um, so um, Michael, I love, is just lurking everywhere in this film, just yeah. watching everything stand out, and he's just like, "You're all are terrified of me, and I'm just hanging out here." Whatever. Um, Loomis meets up with the sheriff. They drive in one direction, and Michael Myers is in the other. So <laughs> they head off and don't realize that he's right where they were. Um, so he steals a knife from someone's house, um, and he he just starts on his absolute slaying journey of Haddonfield, which um, is. What, sorry, which he is in search of Laurie. Yeah, so the the couple that he um that he steals the knife from, they're the Elrods, and he ends up murdering um I believe it's oh, the, that's right. the babysitter. I forget her name, yeah. but um it's the sheriff's daughter. Yes. There we go. Yeah. And that's how they kind of realize that, like, you know. He's still hanging. Still right? here. Went <laughs> 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 the wrong way. <laughs> What's really ironic in this is that Alice, well, the daughter's name is Alice. Yeah. She's on the phone with a friend who's just like, "There's a murder in Haddonfield. Um, turn the radio on." And that's when the back door opens and yeah. like Michael jumps out and like stabs her. And this death is just really cool because like blood just spurts out everywhere and I think that John Carpenter really um in suggesting that these deaths be that way is really cool um because like when you look at all the different franchises that were developing around this time each director producer and team had their own way of doing their deaths and you could just really tell exactly who was on each movie franchise based on what their deaths looked like yeah, well, the whole reason for all of that kind of gore was um, it was actually, it was not in the first, I believe, two cuts that Rosenthal edited. edited. And um, so John Carpenter comes in, he's like, I, I hate this, I'm going to do this all over. So he, he shoots a whole bunch of really gory stuff because he thinks, because uh, he didn't make a lot of money on the original Halloween. He ended up yeah. getting back pay for it, but the studio, like, kind of fucked him over. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, and he was, he only did Halloween 2 because he was offered a lot of money to do it. Like, him and yeah. Deborah Hill were like, no, we're not doing this. We don't want it. And then he was like, well, 
money. So we're and doing now we have left the series alone since. Yeah, <laughs> He's and like, this is my. <laughs> and so he goes in and he adds more gore to kind of uh, keep up with the latest trends in slasher films, which was yeah. gore, and he thought that would sell. And then later on, he kind of like shades Rick Rosenthal and is like yeah he messed up with that one or something <laughs> I was like reading an interview I was like oh, fuck <laughs> so brittle <laughs> um uh yeah I I really love John Carpenter films I have become a huge fan because I took a lot of time away from horror films not like a lot of time, but I was only watching like the popular ones. I wasn't watching sequels. And now that I'm back, like investing so much time, I've really discovered who I love and what I really love about their films. So yeah, John Carpenter's definitely up there um, at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how Alongside it goes. like Jordan Peele and Ari Aster and um, a few other, a few other directors and writers. So yeah like the old school one that I'm just like yes love your shit <laughs> nice. um, this scene I um I think oh wait it's so there's like a hectic scene at the moment so um the paramedics are at the house where Alice oh, well, sorry to get Laurie and take her to the hospital um there's two EMTs Bud and Jimmy uh he's Jimmy's got a bit of a crush on Laurie already <laughs> Because you know that's how it happens. He's in love with her, not just a crush. He's like, oh, so you're going to be my girlfriend now, right? I love him so Literally, much. the second he meets her, it's phenomenal. Yeah. So they take her to the hospital, and there's the half-drunk doctor, Doctor Mixter, um, and then there's also the head nurse, Mrs. Alves, and the registered nurse, Jill. So there's not a lot of people on the ward when Laurie gets there, which is kind of foreboding and overshadowing anyway. Yeah, and what's <laughs> odd about that is because, is like a hospital is never dead in the middle of the night. I think it's I'm even more busy. But Rick Rosenthal said like he based it on like an actual experience he and his wife oh. had, but it was originally a um, like – Haddonfield Clinic or something so that yeah. would, have, would have explained like why there were nurses Nobody all there. around and people with broken arms and shit like yeah see that would have made like, so much more sense yeah and somewhere along the edits they just were like nope it's a hospital now and um <laughs> nobody else she's like, not be going into that <laughs> no 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 um, um, so <laughs> this is, this is the scene that, like, I just went, holy fuck, because there's a man in a Michael Myers mask walking down the middle of the street, and in an absolute freak accident, the cop car takes him out, hits into, like, a van, and it fucking explodes. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's like he kind of wished like he had an Edward Cullen there. Like it was a total like that exact situation, but if it exploded on her, like it was so, so crazy. It was chaos. I was just like, this is the weirdest. When you watch the whole scene, that would be the only scene that I'd be like, why is that in the movie? 
And it's so fucked up and nobody addresses that it's like super fucked up that they killed a random teenager. They were like, ah, meh, I guess. Let me go to the house. (laughs) What the fuck? Guess people are TPing the Myers house. This is more important. (laughs) Oh, because they, yeah, later they do all end up attacking the Myers house, which I was just like, oh, nobody lives there. Uh, so what I found really interesting that this film originally was to take place in a high-rise apartment building. Yeah. And I was like, no, fuck that. I would not want to be stuck in, there's like a hundred rooms that Michael Myers could be in. I'm glad they moved to a hospital. Thanks. <laughs> that would have been a disaster. Putting, they're putting the Evil Dead and they're making it, you know, Evil Dead Rise. And it's meant to be in in this massive apartment complex. And I was like, oh, that's going to be, that'll be good. Yeah. But Michael Myers in a, in a like a high rise apartment. No. I feel like no. it would be like seven hours long because he would just like get kind of slow. lost trying to find her. <laughs> or like the elevator would break down and he has to like climb like 20 feet. Take the fire stairs. <laughs> An entire movie of just Michael Myers climbing like 23 flights of stairs and he's just like at the end he's just getting so winded and he has to stop like every oh, steps. Fuck this. He takes his mask off. He's like, I'm too hot. I can't deal with this. Why is and the aircon's busted throughout the whole place? Because <laughs> that's that's what happens in apartment buildings. Like you gotta make it realistic. Absolutely. Um so the uh, Karen, who is another nurse, rocks up uh, to the hospital. I think she's cool. Um, she's pretty great. Mrs. Alves is heaps pissed that she's late, but uh, they don't know that Michael Myers is in the hospital at this point because he'd um, he'd overheard a radio broadcast while he was in a car park somewhere saying, you know, they're taking Laurie to the hospital. Yeah. Why would you put that on the radio while there's a sicko out there stalking her? And, like, who's listening to the radio and cares about this random girl going to the hospital? Like, Michael Myers. You know, we know about her, like, as the audience. Yeah. Choices in films from this era where you'd just be like, "That that doesn't make any sense. Like, you're treating your audience like they're stupid. No, literally, and that's the great part about it. <laughs> because you're like, well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, thank I knew. <laughs> but, alright. <laughs> so, um, Jimmy, who's in love with Laurie, has, um, sk- you know, he's alone with her and um, obviously gets told to piss off by Mrs. Alves, which I think is fantastic. Um, and this is where they find that they've kind of lost connection to the outside world from the hospital. Yeah. So Mrs. Alves finds that the phones have been out of service or they've been disconnected, something's happened, and she sends one of the security guards down to the basement um, to search for what's going on and whatever's happening in the hospital. So I love this because Michael just jumps out of fucking nowhere and bashes him over the head with a hammer. And it's like, see you later, you're out, bye. Nobody asks where Mr. Garrett is, by the way. Everyone does not notice that he's missing. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck at all. Nobody's like the security guard. Where is he? No, right? nobody knows. <laughs> and we so, don't find out until like the last like twenty minutes that like he's like hung up. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. I 
just watching it as well. <laughs> it's, it's literally when she's like escaping, going out into the parking lot. Oh, and goes, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. when we find out mm-hmm. about the security guard who's literally the first guy murdered. <laughs> and it's just like, why does nobody in this entire hospital wonder where he is? Um, so I, this is Loomis and, uh, one of the, I think he's a detective or a police officer. His name's Sarah. Hunt. Yeah. Well, he's the sheriff. Okay. And they're gone to the local elementary school because, um, there was a, a you know, a, a break in or something and they've been directed that way because they think Michael Myers might've been there. Uh, they find that he had, or they believe that he's been there because there's a drawing of a family um, and there's a butcher's knife sticking out of the sister. And the word, this is what I was like, what the fuck? It just says Sam Hain. <laughs> For no reason. And then he, it like doesn't circle back to like the whole, like any of the cult shit until six. So it's and like, what I'm he's so gone of the dead and okay. then go nowhere with it. And I was just like, my family is Scottish and on Halloween, like my dad and I will message each other and say like, happy Sam, like Sam Hine. Yeah. Like that's just normal for us. Cause Sam Hine is not a spooky celebration. Yeah. It's a harvest festival. It's nothing scary. Exactly. There's nothing, there is nothing like <laughs> sinister about Sam Hine at all. I love that. They're just like, oh yeah, he's a, a God of the dead. I'm just completely making it up <laughs> on the spot. But yeah, well, when they're in the oh, car yes. later, I was like, what the? Oh, we'll get to that because oh, I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Yep. So, um, yeah, this is all on this chalkboard in the classroom. And like Loomis is talking about like um, the Celtic origins of it. Mind you, he says Celtic and it's wrong because yeah. it's the Celts that did it. Celtic and Celtic are two different things. Just for everybody who's interested, the Celts were Irish, the Celts were Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> big 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 difference so he completely got his folklore whoever i'm really i'm gonna have to discuss with somebody who wrote this part because i feel, I feel wanna... i'm offended also i was i spent literally the last like maybe 10 minutes trying to figure out what s name john carpenter's Life is it's Sandy. I I was like, oh, oh is it Susie? It's not any of those. And I was like, what else? What other name starts with an S? And I could not figure it out. And it's my dog's name. <laughs> See, that's not a popular name here. So I would have gone like Sharon. Yeah, I I'm stupid. Thank you. Susan? Welcome to my life. I'm dumb. Hi, hello. Literally, my dog's name. <laughs> Um, outside of the school, Marion Chambers, who I believe uh, worked at the institution where Michael was, or well, had escaped from in the first film with Loomis, um, and she's basically like, oh, the governor wants you to return to the hospital. It makes zero sense. I was like, I, all right. But also I think this is also the scene where you find out Michael's age, but if you if you want to touch on that, go on. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't work. I, that, I, that totally evaded my mind because um, there's, oh, there's a couple of, because there's this scene, we see them leaving, but um, we don't see their conversation or anything because we come back to them in the car. So they get in the car. They're forced by a marshal. Yeah. Also doesn't make any sense. 
minutes yeah. to get in the car and they've got to go. So meanwhile, Michael Myers is basically picking the staff off one by one. Bud, who is one of the EMTs, and Karen, one of the nurses, go down into the hospital therapy pool and get naked. They're about to, like, have sex and... Um, Karen's complaining about the thermostat that it's too hot in there and that's because Michael's been turning it up and I was like Literally. what a troll <laughs> and I love them into... <laughs> but so okay so this is something I noticed like specifically so uh, Halloween is mostly silent score wise until you get to a yeah. death every death has this like you know the, that but uh, ominous Bud's death ominous Bud's death is the only silent death in the entire film. Yeah. So, so we don't care about Bud because he's the asshole. He's just, he's I just love that he's like, it's it's getting hot in here. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. And she's like, yeah, well, it can also get cold in here. And I was like, yes, girl. Yes. You tell him. <laughs> So I love this because when he goes into the room where the thermostat is, it's like double glass, I'm assuming. And we're watching from like Karen's face in the back is like Michael Myers like strangling Bud and there's like no noise except for the bubbling of the therapy pool. Yeah, there's That's a it. name for those type of shots where like uh, it's like a something diopter shot. Um, oh, okay, I- interesting. I studied this in school. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I remember My thing. theory was worth something. Hmm. <laughs> mine isn't. No, no, mine. No, no I was no, mine every day. <laughs> I use mine every single damn day. Um, and so I love this because Michael comes up behind. Karen, who's getting out of the pool because she's like, I've got to get back to work. Whatever, bud. Um, and he puts her his hand on her shoulder and she's like, like sucking on his thumbs. And I was like, ew, like yeah, that would be so sweaty and salty because hands are just gross. Right? <laughs> I was like, ew, yuck. <laughs> um, and so... This is just like a really super gruesome death scene because Karen notices that it's Michael Myers and he just grabs her by her head and like pushes her into this like boiling, steaming hot water pool and her face is like fucking melting off. And I just thought it was brilliant. I thought it was great. It's yeah, it's 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 one of the most gruesome deaths of the series, I really think. It's just yeah. it's gross. It's just disgusting to look at. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, love they that. made it more gross, but they didn't. They did it perfectly. Like, yeah. it was just done really well. The right amount um, of disgusting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so during this, Laurie's basically had a bad reaction to her medication. She's paralyzed. Janet, one of the nurses, has gone to find Dr. Mixter, um, and she finds him dead in his office with a needle, like, poking out of his eyeball and I was like oh no no thanks no thank you fuck that I just anything with eyes I'm like nope yeah nope nope, nope. yeah no thanks I am highly like I cannot see without my glasses so the thought of like anyone touching my eyeballs I'm like ah, yuck yeah but so that death is a lot of fun because like if you get a syringe to the eyeball, that's not really going to 
kill you uh, unless there was something in the syringe that like you uh, can inject yeah. into the brain however like if you get a syringe in your brain i think you're fine yeah. i don't think that's like the severe brain? brain trauma and like Hold on a get their eyes out and live all the time <laughs> there's some fuckwit revving his motorbike across the street from so sorry you're saying with the syringe um, in the eyeballs yeah like people get their eyes like gouged out in real life all the time and live, live. With an eye patch like and this is the, the 80s like it's not like yeah. he's gonna die because he lost like there's no i was time. waiting for his head to fall, like, roll off <laughs> <laughs> there are so many other things that you can kill like dr mixter with Unless they gave him, like, a medication that he had a bad reaction to. Um, and then uh, Michael Myers appears behind Janet, grabs her, and, like, stabs her right in her temple with a needle, killing her. So, like, he's starting to really, like, kill yep. everybody off. So at this stage, we've had four deaths already. Yep. We go and hard, actually, we go fast. Yeah. I've put, like, a big, um, like, heading just saying, everyone is dying. <laughs> Literally. Just so I know. <laughs> um, so at this point, because Jimmy's noticed that people are missing, he's like, oh, fuck, I better go, like, send somebody. Jill, oh, sorry, he's gone to find help. Um, doesn't think so to ask the security guard. <laughs> doesn't ask anybody. He doesn't even check the phones himself to be like, Hello. Like there's so many plot holes in this. Like I really did enjoy the film because it was an easy. It's an easy to watch movie. It's yes. so it's simple. It's easy. Excuse me. It's really easy to follow. Yeah. So, um, Jimmy and Jill, who seem to be like the only ones left on the ward, have both left their posts, and Michael enters Laurie's room and absolutely, um, stab the shit out of her bed. Yeah. Fed and I thought. Lion. Oh, I, I was on the edge of my seat during that. I was like, oh, no, no. I thought it was another patient and he was in the wrong room. Oh, no. <laughs> of course, there are oh. no other patients in the entire hospital. For some reason. <laughs> Halloween night. <laughs> like, yeah. There'd be heaps. There'd be so many people there on Halloween. Right? Like, like makeup accidents, fake weapon accidents, prop accidents. Literally. Eating too many lollies. I really think that, like, I I feel like I've heard that, like, that's one of the busiest nights that hospitals have. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine why people end up in hospital on Halloween. <laughs> um, so Laurie's run off around the hospital. She's limping, and it's really cool because we see a lot of the movement of the staff and Michael through the security cameras. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. I was like, I really like that, like um, juxtaposition that they did with that, with the grainy film and then the actual like filming it. It was cool. Yeah, so, you know, it was it was kind of like ahead of its time for that kind of shot because that's kind of normal now. Like you know, yeah. Firewalk with me did it um, for like all of the Dale Cooper shit, and um, but then like the like other people started doing it more and more and now it's pretty common but like yeah 1981 it just like i i don't i can't think of an older movie that does like security footage no me neither but i also don't know when security cameras were invented so. yeah me too. 
maybe it was like 1980 and then they were like, okay, let's do heaps of security cameras. <laughs> um, so I love this scene because um, Jimmy's looking around everywhere and he finds Mrs. Alves, the, um, the head nurse, in an operating room and she's tied to a table. She's got an IV tube, but that's just like leaking blood everywhere. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of blood. Um, and as he goes to leave, he slips on the blood and absolutely fucking knocks himself out. And I was like, oh, that is brutal. I love it. I loved it. That's just one of my favorite parts of the movie. Me too. Because it's so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of, there's a lot of slapstick comedy in the Halloween films. And I feel like a lot of the 80s slashes had that. And it's just, it kind of brings you into this false sense of security that you're just like, this isn't as bad as what you think it's going to be. But it is every single time. Yep. Every time they do it too. Every time. Um, So Jill tries to leave the hospital, but notices that every single car in the car park is basically tires all slashed um, and the engines have all been cut. Yeah. How did he have enough time to do all that? There's like 20 or 30 cars. How did he even put in like the whole like Mrs. Alves? Like she had to have been pulled out for a while to be dead. Like that's not a quick IV drip. It was like dripping slowly. And there was a lot of blood for a slow drip. Yeah. Like when did this all happen? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you kind of are like, am I missing something? Like, did I miss half of this movie? But I I will say there were, like, quite a bit of deleted scenes that actually aren't in the deleted Uh, scenes. Like, Dr. Mixter's death, I've never actually seen it. But, like, people claim that there's footage of it. And I've literally owned, like, three different copies of the DVD, the Blu-ray, everything. And, yeah. Not not within the film. Not, not, like, inside the, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would like. I, I, I spent like an entire week searching this down. I was like, <laughs> "I need is to see it." Fucking with me, like <laughs> <laughs> this Wikipedia page, <laughs> fandom <laughs> wiki. <laughs> um, if you've got the links, prove it. Prove this happened. The burden of proof is on you making this claim. Put it on YouTube. <laughs> Please, please, I need to know. I, I still don't fully believe it, but allegedly. Uh, allegedly. I, I need to see it to know. So, listeners, um, if you have the YouTube link. Please uh, please send it on through. We'll, we'd appreciate it. Because uh, some of this movie just doesn't make sense. And we need we need the answers. <laughs> um, Jill goes back into the hospital, which I just refuse to do. And is um, stabbed by a scalpel right in the back by Michael. Uh, Laurie sees the whole thing. She's running away. She's um, she's she's like piss bolting, and Michael's just like. And the thing that I really like about Michael's character is this: that he is just this slow, overwhelming presence that you're just not sure if you're moving quick enough to get away yeah. from him. Well, during the first two films in the script, he's not written as Michael Myers. He's written as the shape. Like he, yes, he's not yeah. even recognized as. A human being until Dr. Loomis says his name. And he's yeah, the true. only one who says his name in the first one. 
Um, and then, you know, Laurie finds out at the beginning of the second one that, like, oh, yeah, Michael Myers is that guy. Like, literally, her friend just goes up to her and he, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, that guy that was chasing you is is Michael Myers. And she's like, she's the guy from the, guy, the, street. the guy who killed his sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a random teenager's like oh by the way here's all your exposition <laughs> yeah just so we don't have to fit that into the film somehow <laughs> yeah. um she makes a break for it out to the car parking lot and um she gets in one of the cars but obviously notices i think she notices that the, the tires are flat or something like that um but yeah, like I was saying, Michael just moves with this incredible weight when he moves. So you're just really not sure where he is or going or if you're, yeah, like if you're moving quick enough. And so Laurie nearly gets caught a couple of times on her escape. To oh, the yeah. Park. So it's, yeah, it's really interesting. And I really like how I like Michael Myers as a killer, personally. Yep. I agree. He's he my favorite just, slasher. Yeah. He's just, oh, well, Freddy's mine, but... <laughs> That's because he's just campy as fuck, and yeah, I need that in my fun. life. He's a lot of fun. But Michael <laughs> is just fun. like Michael is scary, and I think so. I had this like note written down r- regarding the like gore. I do, I I defend this film. Like I'm joking right now about like all the dumb stuff, but I will defend this film to the death because the gore in it makes it you you can't avoid the deaths you can't you're not left to the imagination that this might not have been that bad if you're using yourself with that um because it's really in the first one it's left up to the imagination what really happened to all the teenagers and then in this one you you kind of lose that false sense of security with that and um you know it's definitely Michael Myers and it's like right there it's happening and he's doing this and it's terrible these are horrible murders yeah. you are not safe in this film anymore and it, yeah it, absolutely and that's that's what makes it work so well is because it ups the ante of the film and yeah. and, and it makes a perfect sequel for what was supposed to be a two film like situation anthology whatever it was going to be um like because the sequel always has to be gorier, bloodier, more kids, <laughs> just an insane body count. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it ups everything in the sequel, yeah. and that's from Scream. Um, I'm such an dork um but it's true Uh, randy was right it's literally every single second film of the franchise that's how it goes that's just how it goes and out of all of it is i 100 agree jada pinkett smith's death is the saddest death of the entire series i spend that whole scene sobbing because it's i get so so angry because nobody is paying attention to her. Not a single person notices her in front of the screen dying. Okay. Off topic movie. Um, <laughs> back to Halloween 2, which yes. nobody likes. <laughs> I liked it. 
but I like everything I watch. I really do. There's not a horror movie that I sit and say, I fucking hated that. I'm not going to talk I just... about my hate to my hate films because I'm going to get a lot of shit. But I think Twitter kind of knows the ones that are really popular that I really don't like. That's fair. Oh, yeah. Maybe like, <laughs> oh, that's fair. <laughs> no, it's just, that's fair. It's, I'm not going to get into that rant. so we're in the marshall's car and this is the conversation that i was talking about yes so at first um marion has a discussion with loomis about how laurie is actually the sister of michael myers and that she's uh she was born two years before the when he murdered his family um she was and yeah, and she was adopted out after the death of her parents. Um, yeah, name change, everything to avoid yeah. anything yeah. her being found. For figuring it out. So she doesn't yeah. even know. Yeah. She doesn't even know that she's adopted or that she's his sister or anything. Um, and so Loomis is here talking about the Sam Hine and uh, sacrifices, and I've written here this doesn't fit into the narrative at this point. Yeah. Um. So he's talking about in order to appease the gods, the druid druid pe- uh, priests held fire rituals. Prisoners of war, criminals, the insane animals were burned alive in baskets. By observing the way they died, the druids believed they could see omens of the future. 2,000 years later, we've come no further. Samhain isn't evil spirits. It isn't goblins, ghosts, or witches. It's the unconscious mind. We're all afraid of the dark inside ourselves. Now, that's a really cool quote, but yeah. why the fuck is it? <laughs> like where does this come in with the rest of this you should have wrote that first and then wrote the entire outline based around that, around that. rocks like, I love that absolutely like, that makes so cool. that but then you, you kind of get back to like the druid cultish stuff in 6 where they have the cult of thorn and all of that stuff yeah. that people also hate so there's a, See me, there's I'm a like, theme I'm on here I'm sold take me <laughs> It's so good. Um, and then an absolute insane moment, you know, Loomis is telling the marshal to turn the car around and he's just like, what is it you guys usually do? Fire a warning shot and just shoots the front passenger window out. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> but what I love is that the marshal actually turns the car around. He's like, all right, better go. <laughs> he's like, I'm like, Dr. Loomis has here. authority over me. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, Oh, just the doctor locked her doors. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back in the parking lot. Laurie sees a dark shape head towards the car. We, we see Jimmy, who is really friggin' like zonked out because, you know, he's probably got a really mild concussion at this point from his slip on doc, uh, Nurse Alves's uh, blood. Yeah. And yeah, he, I love that he just passes out and his head's straight on the horn. And yep. I was like, oh. And Laura's like, that's so noisy. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> um, and so she pushes him back and tries to start the car and can't get out. And she sees um, Dr. Loomis, Marion, and the marshal pull in and head into the hospital. And she's like crawling along the ground, like, help, help. And I was just like, find your voice, woman. And yeah. then when she does, it's too late. Yeah. And I was like, no. And she's no. trying to warn them not to go in there because Michael's in there. Yeah. And it's like, no. <laughs> um, so she gets 
up and she's like, okay, I've got to do this and sees Michael across the parking lot. And he's like, he's slowly coming towards her, but it's still, like I said before, he moves in a very overwhelming pace. Yes. Um, So she runs to the door and she's like fucking screaming to get in. Um, So they eventually notice because it's so quiet, like her banging on the door. And I was like, how can they not hear her? Yeah. That'd be so noisy. Right? Especially because that's not like a well-made door. It's literally just like a cheap like glass and metal door that's definitely really rickety. Like Yeah, it'd make heaps of noise. Oh yeah. Um, so she gets in, and I love this because Michael Myers just fucking just strolls on through those doors. When he literally walks through the door. It's my favorite part. Like, Whoa! It's so good. It's so it good. is. I love it. And so Luma shoots him, which he knows isn't going to do anything. And um, I love this because Loomis is like, no, 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 no. He might not be dead. But the marshal's like, nah, look at him. He's definitely dead. And Michael and just like, sits up and dead. like, <laughs> with his scalpel across the throat. And I was like, oh. That's fucked. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you idiot. You idiot. Like, Dr. Loomis told you not to do this. Literally. He's a doctor. <laughs> Lock your car. Lock your, <laughs> Lock your doors. <laughs> so, Lock your um, glass at, while you're at it. Just Lock, 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 Lock everything. Your glass door? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you do that, but do it. I'm a doctor. Do it anyway. I'm a doctor. It's so funny because I eventually want to do my doctorate of education and I just can't wait to be like, I'm a doctor. Just do it. (laughs) People will be like, what are you a doctor of? Um, Teaching. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) so they take off uh, like away from him and they end up being cornered in an operating room, which this is a scene you were talking about that you have, you have a lot to say about this scene. So, Go ahead and take over and explain this scene. <laughs> yes. So, um, basically, their idea is Michael can't find us if we shoot his fucking eyes out. So, the, Loomis literally perfect aim for a doctor, apparently. And before this, he was not an expert marksman at all by any means between like <laughs> literally between Michael walking through the door and <laughs> and this scene he and this scene. <laughs> full like Rambo training like everything yeah he, he is the best guy with a gun in the west best in the west shoots both eyes out perfectly one the other boom and they're like well if I turn on this gas canister over here, he's going to walk over yeah. here because he's like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park and he can't see it. So he's, he's going by sound only. <laughs> it's like the dumbest thing. And so like, they're trying to like get him over here and like, he's like, Larry, Larry go, go fucking leave. Like leave. And she's like, I don't want to like leave you. Yes. And it's like, do you think Michael can't hear you? 
literally but so, and then like George's like i don't want you to die let me turn on this gas canister to bring him towards me who i am the person <laughs> that he is i am prime numero uno target like i'm dying i'm gonna die if you do this save the fucking doctor are you, are you kidding he's a doctor <laughs> obviously <laughs> trust him <laughs> He's the reason I don't trust doctors anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Completely losing it right now. But <laughs> it's just a very um it is a chaotic scene because it's just it like is. And this is all in like the space of two minutes that they do this. Because yeah. this is the ending of the film. And so And he's just swinging his like scalpel oh, around. Maybe I'll hit something. Well, if getting nicked with a scalpel terrifies me for some weird reason, because like they're just so fucking sharp. Yeah. And I cut when I was a kid, I cut my arm like open because it was only on like my wrist, and so it cut straight down to the bone. Yeah. So I could see like the layers of skin, and like there's no tendon there because it was it's just skin that covers that part of my arm. Yeah. And like being eight years old, I was like, oh my god. I'm going to die. And so ever since then, like the thought of like having something so sharp cut through and me see parts of my like skin. Your insides. Oh, and like layers of skin are really interesting because they look like bubbles. Oh yeah. It's cool. Like I love it, but like, yeah, I was so scared. I thought I was going to die when that happened. Cause you know, being eight, I was like, I'm bleeding to death. (laughs) And so like, me now. My favorite. So the issue I have with that scene, I love this film. However, it's it has a lot of problems, especially carrying into four, because what happened to Michael's eyeballs in these yeah. few years between two and four? What happened? Did he regrow he them? <laughs> Because he, he also just, gets burnt to death. Because yeah. um, no one is blows up the hospital with a cigarette lighter, and it's just yes, like, uh, yeah. Because he Myers comes out of the hospital and he's like on fire, and then just falls to the ground. So like we assume that he's dead. Yeah, and like obviously Laurie gets taken off, and the final image in the film is just Michael burning. Yeah, with no eyes. Literally, so, I just I. Like, I think about this every single day of my life. What happened to Michael Myers' eyeballs? I just... <laughs> Is there a what conspiracy I, theory on Reddit about it? I don't think anyone talks about this. And, like, <laughs> it's so obvious. Like, are we just... Maybe he got a transplant. How? Like anyone else? He's barely... Well... The supernatural stuff kind of comes in later in the series, but like you know, he's he's like questionably human at this point. He he's not definitely yeah. not human, but he's also like kind of really not not a real person. I don't know. And how eyeballs? I just <laughs> I was thinking about that every day of my life, and then so you know. <sighs> Then that happens, and um, so like, Laurie gets out, Loomis <laughs> lights up the place, 
Yeah, because he, 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 he dies. Which is sad. Yeah. Not sad. It... But then Loomis is back. Yeah. I was waiting for you and... to get to that one. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I just made the connection. I was like, wait, he's in 2018. Fucking oh what? no, that's, that's after one. But like, you know. Oh, that's right, because it's a direct follower after one. Okay, yeah. so Loomis technically... Oh, it's a whole retcon. Oh, I just realised. Yeah, so like... So they could they can just completely d- dismiss number two. Yep. Why? Most people it's do. Enjoyable. Most it's people an enjoyable hate film. this film. Why? They say it, it's the gore mostly, I feel. And oh. they find it unnecessary. The plot has too many holes. The story doesn't really that make does. sense. But it also does. In a, it does because it's like the analogy I like to use is Halloween, the original, is the present. And on its own, it's nice. It's beautifully gift-wrapped, gorgeous, but it's missing the bow on top. And although not necessary, it adds a lot of flair, a lot of fun, some pizzazz. And so it's just like it, it seals the gift perfectly in that sense, you know? Yeah, because it's where we find out that Laurie is the brother of Michael Myers because they don't even mention well, that, that was in 2018. Because it's not in the original film. Um, they actually uh, didn't... Okay, so they just put that they, all together. Yeah, so that was not in the version that was released into theaters, as far as I know. Um, that was added later for television uh, because of NBC something. There was like, NBC was like... We need to add minutes, I think, I think, or something like that. And I have notes on the sister thing. It's, um, <laughs> and I, I have it right down here. Uh, am I, do I have any information about this? Am I just yelling about this in these notes? Yes, I'm just <laughs> yelling about this in these notes. <laughs> no, um, I do feel like I read something about things being added for screen time. Yeah, yeah, because... I think NBC, like, they cut some other stuff and they needed to pad it. I think it was the gore yeah. for television to keep it some rating. I don't know. I don't know. PJ, probably. Yeah, something like that. So they added hmm. some bullshit. Um, some really odd scenes. <laughs> and, cut. yeah. So, so the whole, like, I'll get on to, like, the the television cut later, but and I have a lot of notes uh, right now. <laughs> what do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, I no, I'm about to go into the sister thing oh. first. Oh, excellent. Yes, please do. So this is why I enjoy the sister situation. So it makes sense because while an unknown motive is scary, but it puts pieces together for a sequel that was supposed to wrap up the story. So it makes sense to have a man who got locked up for killing his sister. That was his original MO was sister side. I don't know what that's called. I know you have like patricide, matricide. Um, siblings. I know there's a name for it. There is a name. Familiar side. Familiar side. (laughs) that's his original mo like he did not kill anyone he like random he specifically picked out his older sister and 
someone he knew, which most killers kill someone they know. Um, yeah. That makes sense. So in the first one, and then he just randomly kills a whole bunch of teens, and he's specifically targeting this one random teen. He is hunting her down. And we're, we're supposed to expect that they don't have any connection, that he doesn't know her. He just picked her at random, which is scary of itself. Yeah. But if you put that together with his original murder, which is in the first one, that's his whole story. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense that he is Laurie. After his sister. Yeah. yeah. He wants to complete the family kill. Yeah. Kind of. He's like, I didn't get you, but I'm coming for you now. And yeah, so it's just, it's like, it goes from like, just being a senseless act that like, you know, if you think about it a lot, you're like, his MO changed. Like, if you think about it from like a, a like, serial killer, like, true crime perspective, like, that doesn't make sense that he's going to flip his MO like yeah. that. In 15 years. That's not like super long in the whole like grand scheme of things from 6 to 21. Like you're sitting in jail thinking about you just kill or not jail, but the institution. And you're thinking about like your sister that you just killed for like 15 years. And that's all you do because you don't talk to anyone. You don't do anything. That's all you're thinking about all day. And you're telling me after that, he's like, mm, lol, JK, I'm going after a rando. Like, that makes no yeah, sense. That would make sense. Especially when he's stewed on it for so long. Like, that's, yeah, like you said, that's what he's probably obsessed about psychologically. Exactly. exactly. Mm. And so people theorize with it that, um, that Halloween became a cautionary tale for, like, sexual expression in the first one because yeah. that was every everyone who was sexy in the both of them like they yeah, were killed they died. or they were being sexual and um he actually uh uh carpenter and he'll kind of have like from what i've seen i don't know if this is directly for from them or like kind of like assumed from something they said because uh, it's not a direct quote but Somebody said that they, and I think this was in um, Taking Shape, actually, I'm pretty sure, um, that they expressed that they, it's not about sexual expression that's a cautionary tale to not be sexual, which kind of fit the whole, like, like, don't have sex before marriage type abstinence only education kind of situation which you know like was popular then and still kind of is in like the more (laughs) even in like liberal circles back then like it was yeah it would have been the only only. education yeah yeah so they say it's actually about sexual repression because laurie was a virgin michael obviously a virgin um so I and like it's yeah. Um, I don't have any other notes on that. No, I don't know where that went. Um, but no, no, that's what they um, said. Uh, because a sense. lot of 
yeah, a lot of 80s horror films were about sexual expression and yep. demonising sexual activity. So Friday 13th, a lot of the people that were um, demonstrating sexual activity were the ones killed off, whereas that doesn't particularly happen in Halloween because, and I have read somewhere that it's more about um, repression and um, not having that ability and not showing sexual expression instead. So it's like a reverse of the typical tropes that we did see with teenagers being killed off for sexual expression. Exactly, exactly. And so um, I don't really have much else to say along those lines, but I did want to go yeah. back to we were finishing the film. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we didn't get through like uh, the very end, which is uh, something that, there's I have notes on the alternate ending of that oh uh, yes I haven't seen the alternate ending but I know that there is one <laughs> so in but this one in this one Laurie is taken away in the ambulance and so she's like I don't trust you I don't want to go with you he's still there he's still alive like she's paranoid as anything and there's a body next to her and she's like whose body and like we find out it's uh what's his face who was like in love with her oh jimmy's body yeah (laughs) he has such he's so unmemorable that i'm like guy with the curly (laughs) hair (laughs) the one that was obsessed with her whatever his name is (laughs) who just like kind of was there for like three seconds in laurie's life (laughs) i was in love with her Oh, so what happens in the alternate ending? So, and I just want to finish this oh, yes. ending. So, it ends with that, and then we go into Mr. Seaman, and it's the first film of the franchise to yeah. to bookend the films with Mr. Seaman, and the only right. other film that uses that song is H twenty. And fun fact. So I only fairly recently realized that it was H20 and not H2O. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Literally, like, I, I didn't get it at all for my entire life. I saw these films when I was, like, 12, okay? So I'm 30 now. <laughs> And this was like maybe a year or two ago that I was like, oh, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> I was like, bad. why is it about water? <laughs> I don't get it. This doesn't make sense with the but plot at all. Because isn't that what it is? It's the yes. 20 year anniversary of it? Yeah. Yes, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always all in caps, and I'm very. You're like H2O. And I just never See, like thought to think about it. H2O is a TV show here, so that's why I'm just like, to me, whenever someone says H2O, I think of the show where they're mermaids, and if their legs get wet, their fins come back. That's, it's a great show. That's fun. This is very, like, Gremlins-esque, kind of. They get water. <laughs> it's a kid's show. <laughs> so the alternate ending, is it obviously anything like this? Because I did read about an alternate ending, but I can't remember what I read. Yeah, it's fun. So it's um, basically 
Laurie's getting helped into the ambulance. She's asking to ride up front because she doesn't trust riding in the back. She's still paranoid. And I, be I believe this is on the most recent blue because that's the one I have. Um, oh, cool. And like, it, uh, so it, like, the tone of it changes from Lori being this, like, hardened woman with, and I, I, I have always just kind of, like, and this is, like, the obvious metaphor in 2018, but, you know, it's like a PTSD situation at the end of two where she has seen some shit. She is a different person at the end of that. Yeah. But. In this alternate ending, it's showing her extremely weak, very upset. She it it she it's not she's not a hardened woman. She is just a scared woman. The same way she ended in one. Yeah. Um, she's, and so I think that's kind of just not as impactful. And so um, yeah. So it, and it has like kind of like. You know how in the, yeah, it's, it has like a fake out for Michael kind of where like, he's like oh. rising in this sheet for the alternate ending. And That's instead of like, I think in the other one, he like grabs her hand or something. Um, like it's something with his hand. Um, and like, it's like, and it's, it's not like a significant amount of time that he's like rising. And then he's like, well, JK, I pranked you, Laurie. I love you. And it's like, uh, it's really just like, it's a dumb ending. Like, it's yeah. so not impactful at all. Like, you know, you don't really pull anything from it. Uh, like, yeah. emotionally, like, you, you know. Yeah, you're not that invested in the ending. Exactly. Like, oh, is that it? You're like, oh, she's okay. still the same person, and you know, and and it's it's all right to write your characters like that, but it's, but for such a traumatic situation, you you don't think that person would have changed. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's a it'd be a very conflicting ending compared to how she's been portrayed and depicted throughout the whole film, and then for that to be how she like pieces out of the film she's like, it's just happy like ending uh, with my boy jimmy and i almost called him jerry because i forgot his name again within the last five minutes <laughs> <laughs> i should have just called him jerry through the film so you'd remember <laughs> it's okay i also almost called him nathan so <laughs> out of nowhere he's just he's a man of many names like, he's like a, a very James Bond character. He's just a generic man. <laughs> <laughs> he's my man style three. <laughs> he's model number three. <laughs> Male. Man number three, please step forward. Oh no. <laughs> and so, so like, did you the, um touch quickly on the because we're gonna talk about the TV series. Oh the the, the TV cut. TV yes, cut. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So these, like, what <laughs> these deleted scenes, I believe, were deleted for the TV cut that are yeah. in this. And 
a lot of people actually haven't seen a lot of this because most people see the TV cut because it's still oh. being aired on like AMC and everything. And wow. uh, so it's like there's a lot more dialogue between the nurses and each other and Mixter and Laurie. Uh, especially there's um there's a s- extended scene with Jimmy in Laurie's room, like loving on her and like he seems so much creepier in that because it's so extended and it's so just like intense and he he's just like really really into her for and it's it makes him a creep it makes him a creep and then like there's like so okay so the power cuts and Laurie freaks out and like like how at that point, how would she know that he's coming? She doesn't know that he's like alive. That, yeah, he's alive. That he's like because she was pulled out on a stretcher from that. She was brought yeah. to the hospital along, like with like yeah. Hmm. Like how would she yeah. know that he's still alive and that he was like coming to her? So why would she freak out? Why would that? Yeah, I don't. And like, and. I don't know because it could have been like a trauma thing I guess like but like not that level okay and she kind of says I, I think she says something along the lines of like he's coming and you're like how do you know bitch like <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about yeah. you think is coming he's dead connected to him somehow yeah because Loomis is the only one that runs out and sees that he's gone like yeah exactly yeah so weird. They created more plot holes by putting that stuff in the TV cut. No, no. It, yeah, it was, yeah. It. Created more narrative issues. Story arc issues. Yeah. It's just... Because but overall, I yeah. love this film. It was, the, it was the extra padding that NBC asked for. Like, Sorry, you're going to need this to make it family friendly. Uh, excuse me. It's a fucking horror film. Makes no what sense. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> so most people have seen like that dumb shit. Yeah, that's so weird. Um, so I hope anyone who's seen the TV cut goes out and watches the actual DVD version of the film, and not the TV cut. Yeah, the film. we. we I, get I'm not DVD sure if they like it. still to this day air it, but like they did throughout like the 80s, probably the 90s yeah, still. Um, which I think nowadays people are kind of like more in tune with things and they're like, well, we don't want to see this like edited bullshit. We want to see like the theatrical cut. Um, yeah. The proper and, version. And like the whole thing is like, it was edited to make the pace faster for NBC because they said it was too slow. And you know, I don't know. And then they had to add stuff because it was too much edited Oh god! I, but like, <laughs> so they just wanted to change the pacing, but then they were like, "Oh, it's too fast," and we took out. No, we fucked it. Too much. Yeah. Oh well, that is Halloween too. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to go watch season of the witch. Um. No. So I have a lot more information. Oh, because you're you. yes, because we're gonna talk about um four and five. No. Five and six. No, no, no. So here's what I have. Um, I have some information 
So um, one of the like major things that people are upset about in regards to the film is that Nick Castle was not brought back as Michael. So they they cast Dick Warlock. And I'm not kidding you. This man walked into, he grabbed a mask from a desk, walked into Rick Rosenthal's office, stood there for a minute silently. And Rick Rosenthal's like, who are you? Like, why are you, who is this? Like, who are you pulling a prank on me? Who is this? And he just like stands there for a minute. And then he like takes the mask off and he's like, can I be Michael on this one? And that's how he got the job. Holy shit. That'd be so creepy. Just like go into the office and be like, can I be Michael? Like, sir. I just, so, so Dick Warlock is that. like a stunt man. So I do understand yes. like, uh, so he probably did like all the fire stunts himself, which probably be so costs, honestly. Yeah. Because you don't have to hire a stunt guy who knows how to wear like those fireproof suits and everything and be safer on Stop dropping your roll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally, though. <laughs> That's so cool. Because um, so- I always, um, I think I, no, don't, that thought's left my brain. Don't worry. That's okay. And the other <laughs> issue alongside of um, like having the new Michael is the mask. People get so angry about this mask and the joke of it all is it is the same mask from the first one so the first one was 78 and the second one was 81 and i have some other stats about the film around that but (laughs) so it was yellowed because nick had kept it in his back pocket throughout the shoot and everything and then later on like after they finished Deborah Hill kept it under her bed for years and she was a heavy smoker so that's why it yellowed uh, it's yeah, not anything to do with anything else it's literally just like how it was treated as a mask uh, that was painted like it had paint on it it's you know and it's and probably wasn't like good paint that like goes on rubber well and all of that <laughs> you know and um, and and it, everyone says like oh, it's the wrong shape, wrong this, and it wasn't the wrong shape. It was just that Dick was shorter and stockier than Nick, so it fit his face different because his face was yeah. wider. So it just yeah, it definitely looks different, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, and it's just it's literally just his entire face shape it's literally just his face like i just hugged his face just the guy in the suit (laughs) his face can't really not gonna shave that down or something (laughs) cut some muscle back (laughs) ouch and then yeah so uh so the producers they assumed this was the final film because that was the intention originally before they went on to do three and everything and three failed. Uh, yeah. So what they did was they let Dick keep the mask and the props and the whole wardrobe, including the knife. So they went to do four and they were like, Oh, guess we got to get a new mask. <laughs> So did they change the mask for four? Yes. The, okay, the so that looks completely different. Yep. 
oh my gosh why wouldn't they just be like dick um remember all that stuff we gave you a couple of years back can we get it well the joke of it all is dick worked on like other films for John Carpenter like later and like not not like so soon that it really so four happened four was uh the producer distribute whatever in I think it would is seven years later so it would have been like 88 ish so yeah you know they wouldn't have had that because I think it was Escape from New York that he first worked on with Carpenter, okay. which was in it was just later um, than that, obviously. And so, so like maybe they could have gotten it back for like other films, because like, it's been like or like you know if he's going to continue working with him, don't you have his phone number? <laughs> text him. I mean, wait, it's the eighties. Don't text no. him. That- Oh, but like yeah. call him and be like, hey, remember that mask we let you keep? Can we have it? Literally just Weird. ask a man for the mask back. Oh, like, maybe they felt bad asking him. I guess, yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh, and it's not like it's not like that film broke their relationship like he did stunts exactly. for multiple other John Carpenter films like it's not like they had bad blood or something and like he couldn't talk to him because they had an argument uh, you're, ne- you're never getting your mask back <laughs> men are so petty like women will <laughs> never do that like we get mad I would. I don't know because I don't hold a I'm grudge too long like that. Men are just so, yeah, and it's always over the stupidest thing. Like women will hate you for like real shit that, like, yeah, you know, obviously I'm gonna hate you for. But like guys will be like, yeah, he uh, he hit the curb with my truck, so I'm not speaking to him again for the rest of my life. Like. See, I have uh, borderline personality disorder and you can literally look at me wrong and I'll never speak to you again. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. I will write you the fuck off. Like, yep. <laughs> see you later. And my sister will sometimes say, Catherine, I wish I had that ability. I was like, Emily, that's because I have an abandonment schema and in my brain, everybody leaves. So I've just learned to cope with getting rid of people because I always assume that people are just going to leave. Literally, though, I, li- I like easy. I don't understand how it took. Like, I think I got the diagnosis like a year ago, maybe. Yeah. I'm like, how did it take this long? Like, was it not obvious? Like, I've had yeah. the PTSD diagnosis for like five years, maybe six. Like, it's been a while. Yeah. Like, I think I've been y'all have heard years. a lot of stuff from me, and uh, nobody <laughs> put the pieces together. <laughs> yeah, my grandma is just like. Catherine, I'm really worried about you because you always talk about moving and then something happens and it doesn't happen. I was like, Grandma, I have borderline personality disorder. I'm going to say a lot of shit. Exactly. I've got a lot of expectations for people and when they don't meet those expectations, my heart is broken, but that is my fault and that is my mental illness and I'm still learning how to cope with it. So don't worry about me. I'm all good. Exactly. <laughs> I know it's all my fault. It's in here. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap up? A lot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, um, so the whole, like, issue with, like, getting the second film made was that 
Carpenter want, made, wanted to make money. And the irony of it all was people were so thirsty for more content about Michael Myers. People, like, it became over the years just like this cult kind of film. Yeah, of course. And by 81, people are just like, I'm going to go Give see this because I enjoyed this on my VHS. However, I acquired this film. I, you know, they didn't go so, out to see it in the theaters, but, you know. But so then Halloween 2, which everyone hates, was the second highest grossing horror film of 1981, only behind American Werewolf in London, which oh, means wow. it beat out. The Omen 3, Friday the 13th Part 2, and The Howling in box wow. office sales. Yeah. And like, the Howling, though, that's interesting. Yeah. And so, like, this horribly maligned film was literally the second highest grossing horror film in a great year for horror films. Yeah. Particularly sequels. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. I bet Carpenter would have been happy with that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he's like completely elated because the, the studio shafted him for the first one. <laughs> yeah, I did read that he had a lot of complica complications getting paid for that. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> well, paid the right amount for that. Yes, paid the amount he was probably promised in the beginning. Yeah. And I'm not sure like how well like contract law was in 81 probably not great i'm assuming because laws in general like in still the even today yes, like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah and then um so here's my final thing yeah go for it so <laughs> i i don't think a lot of people know about this but there was a couple of murders, a, a, a murder of an elderly couple that what? was based, that, that that was linked to Halloween 2. So, wow. this man, uh, his name is Richard Dalmer Borer, on December 7th, 1970, uh, 1982, I think it's supposed to be. It has to be. I can't count. <laughs> I, I wrote this down because there's no way. It's literally, it's, they're called the Halloween Two Murders. Uh, wow. It was probably 82, uh, a typo, because I have big thumbs. <laughs> literally, I, everything is a typo in my texts. Just saying. I just let autocorrect take over. Autocorrect plays me so hard all the time. Talk to text gets me. Oh, no. <laughs> it's terrible. But so... He stabbed an elderly couple in Fullerton, California. He stabbed them 43 times. The Holy first, shit. The first trial was a hung jury. The second, a psychopharmacologist said that he experienced drug-induced, specifically PCP, weed, and booze, hallucinations, imagining the Elrod's deaths at the beginning of the film and the film was shown to the jury 
the first time in U.S. legal history that a commercial motion picture had been submitted as evidence in a murder trial, and that incited the speculation about horror causing violence in real life. And then upon his fourth retrial, he was sentenced to death eventually. Four trials later. Yeah. Four trials. This man who stabbed a couple 43 times. And he literally, he was so delusional. He was like, I did it because of this film. uh, Trying to get off on like delusion or something. Oh, some kind of like mental health. Yes, exactly. And so this, this kind of really sparked the whole discussion that like, horror is bad for you and it's going to make you commit crimes and no, all of that. No, no, no. It, it's not. He, he's, he's a crazy man who, who was on heavy drugs. drugs. He was yeah, on and drugs PCP. like PCP. <laughs> <That's and it. laughs> yeah, PCP is a common denominator in a lot of drug-fueled murder. Yeah. From what I have been able to understand. So that's, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, wow. so... It kind family. of, it's kind of like really important in that sense. It made history, yeah. in a bad Absolutely. way, but it made history. Yeah, <laughs> wow, that's so that blows my mind. I'm definitely going to research more about that because I, it's crazy. I really do enjoy true crime. Yeah, um, a lot of people with PTSD and anxiety issues are real big true crime fanatics. <laughs> As we discussed before, last podcast on the left, like. Yeah, there's a reason I listen to all that shit. Yep. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask you the question that I ask every guest on my show before we outro. What was the last horror movie you watched? I have PTSD and ADHD, so I'm going to have to go to Letterboxd for that answer. <laughs> I have severe memory problems. Oh, yeah. Oh, Join the club. <laughs> I, have the, I have great long-term memory, short-term memory. Wouldn't be able to tell you what I did yesterday. I remember some things. But apparently my last horror movie was anything for Jackson. And I was finishing it. So what had happened was I started this film maybe like around Christmas time. And I just like (laughs) the first 20 minutes were just like so slow that it was just like, I was like, I can't do this. It was really late at night. It well, once shit kind of turned on, you were like, <laughs> I love that film. I love it. And I had had like a long day. Like I was really busy. I was really tired. I'm like, I'll get to this later. Like if I want to. Um, and so I got to it, you know, like a week ago or I two. I loved it. And I was like, oh, maybe I should have just kept going because like literally the next scene was like, you know. Where it like. Demon guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way they did that film. Oh, I, it I was really, I really brilliant. And a lot yeah. of it, like, I see things coming really easily in films, which is why some films that, like, get well reviews, I was like, I figured that out in the first 10 minutes of the film. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of people are like that. And maybe it doesn't bother other people, but, like, it bothers me. And I, like, and it's really hard to like you don't have me that. not figure out a film. Like I can figure out a lot of the films, a lot of like films in general. And this one, I just I saw like almost none of it coming. Like, yeah, I was the like, ghost loop is what fucked with me. 
that uh, the female cop ghost loop. Oh, that fucked me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that messed with me. Yep. I was like, no, stop, yep. stop. Yep. But it was really cool how they did that because I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, that was it was really cool. so well done with the scares. Like, just yeah. peak. And so- I'm actually going to have the actress who plays Becca on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Nice. Constantina. So I'm really excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, Twitter at Pierogi Witch, Instagram, same handle. Oh. Letterboxd, just search my name, Erica K E R I C A, last name spelled K A Y. And I'll be there with a terrible profile photo that I'm still trying to figure out how to fix because technology. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. I'd- well, once again, thank you so much. Please do check Erica out on all the places that they mentioned. Don't forget you can find TGIF on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGIF Pod. If you love the podcast, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, do the thing. You've been listening to TGIF. See you next Friday. <laughs>